We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder, Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch out of bounds. He has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo flying solo tonight with Norm Hightower under the weather. But maybe I'm not alone because I actually have with us from the Kansas City star, Lynn Worthy, who actually covers the Chiefs out there in good old Kansas City. Lynn, how are you? I'm doing great. How you doing? I, I got to tell you, man, I'm excited for this game for so many good reasons. I'm, I, I'm not sure how the feeling is out there in Casey. We'll get, I can't wait to talk to you about that, but I'm stoked to get in this with you. And uh, I, I'm not sure. Well, I guess I will ask right away. How is the feeling out there in KC about this game? Well, I think this is one of those games that uh, people have sort of had circled for a little while. I mean, the the Chiefs had the tough part of their schedule was early. I mean, they had a bunch of games, whether it was Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, New England. But then once you saw how well they were doing and they got through those, you know, uh, I mean, New England being the one loss, then it goes, you know, you start looking at it saying that game against the Rams. 
I mean, there was the Marcus Peters factor, but then just the records, it was like, okay, that's going to be a big game. Um, almost to the point where people were like, man, I wish it was, you know, um, at one of the home venues as opposed to being, you know, out of the country. But um, people have been looking at forward to this game for a little while. Yeah, well, we've had it on our calendar here in Ramsland since, oh, geez, April. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the Marcus Peters storyline, the Sammy Walken storyline, there's a little bit of bitterness here towards Sammy. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to get into all this with you. Folks, before we do, we do want to just remind you that we're pretty much everywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all those places. And don't forget, we're also on iBeatRadio.com. They are our shows on Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Okay, Lynn, here we go. Now, you mentioned this team went through a really tough schedule early on. What is the overall feeling about this Chiefs team in Kansas City? Are the folks in KC sold that this is the best in the AFC right now? Folks here are really pumped up. I mean, to the point where, you know, a lot of the discussion up until a couple of weeks ago when you hit the trade deadline was people talking about they need to make another move because they feel like this could be a team that could be a Super Bowl team. So they were like, we need to, you know, you hear people on the radio, you hear fans say, we need to do this to get something, you know, to, to solidify the defense because people were sold once they saw what Mahomes did. Because remember, he played one game last year as a rookie, a sort of meaningless game at the end of the season. They'd heard a lot about him. And then he hit the ground running and everybody was like, this offense is legit. And so then, then, you know, for the last few weeks, people were sold in the offense. And it was just a matter of, you know, what can they do to bolster this defense? Because people are thinking and talking Super Bowl. Um, that's fans. That's not necessarily the team, but that's what fans in Kansas City have been thinking. Well, your coach, Andy Reid, has been successful both in Philly and now in KC. His teams traditionally, though, have either underperformed or like last year, falling apart late in the year. Is this Chiefs team different? Why or why not? Well, to, to a certain extent, it remains to be seen. But I think if it's different, the thing that you look at is, um, first of all, the number of weapons they have offensively. I mean, it's it's just sort of ridiculous when everybody's healthy. And as of today, it sounded like Sammy probably would be able to play next week because he didn't play uh, yesterday here in KC. Um, so Sammy didn't play. And then Anthony Hitchens, uh, the inside linebacker, didn't play yesterday. It sounds like the two of them most likely would be able to play. Um, at least it's trending that way for, for next week's game. Um, the other thing that's different is now the defense, while it's still giving up or had given up a lot of points early, is starting to come around in terms of they're starting to get somebody's back. Justin Houston played yesterday. Derek Sorensen, who hadn't, uh, Dan Sorensen, who hadn't played all season, played yesterday. Um, some of the the rookies who they were sort of hesitant to get on the field and they were easing them in are starting to play a little bit more now and they're you know more athletic, uh, faster in some spots because of that. So that I mean, because the main thing that hurt them last year, like that playoff game, was just the defense not holding up. I mean, that's one of those things they talked about throughout camp was, you know, how much they just didn't give up, uh, how much they gave up in the run game and they just couldn't get stops when they needed to and things just fell apart. So if things are different, it's going to be because of the number of weapons they have um, and the fact that their defense may be on the uptick when you get towards the end of the season. Now, given your offensive production, especially in the passing game, what has the addition of former Los Angeles Rams receiver Sammy Watkins done for the Chiefs? Well, it's interesting. So, like, our group at the Star does a uh, Facebook Live after every game. And we were doing it yesterday after the game. And we were talking about how, you know, I mean, for, for this offense, 
yesterday was sort of like a eh game. Like 26 points was like a, you know, like Pat didn't throw for 300. I mean, they were, they, they, they came out of the gate and hit two big pass plays and scored on the first drive within three plays. And it was still one of those days where it's like, mm, we seem much better than this. And then we started talking about, well, what, what do we think it was with the offense? And he said, you know, for as much as Sammy was sort of a, I don't want to say take it for granted, but like an afterthought just because of what Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey have done so far this season. Um, we were started thinking, well, we're talking about, well, is this sort of what Sammy, the difference Sammy makes? Is this the game where you look at it and say, well, when teams have to make choices and then they try and do different things, whether it's role coverages or different things like that, um, then you still have Sammy who you don't have a good matchup for him. I mean, that's a guy who was a, one, a number one receiver at one point in time, and maybe you could make the case for other teams would be. And that's like the third option in the passing game, fourth option maybe overall when you talk about uh, Kareem Hunt. Um, so the, he's been um, – he hasn't had a lot of big games, but he's been another guy you can rely on and count on as another weapon when teams try to do things. You know, it, Basically, it, it puts teams in the bind because – they know what Sammy can do, and then it's like, okay, so how creative are you going to get? How many chances are you going to really going to try and take to take away Kelsey and um, Tyreek Hill, who are just matchup problems in their own right? It just seems really strange to hear you talking about Sammy Watkins like he's a third or fourth option. Uh, just, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the and, guy's making $16, 17000000 million a year. Yeah, and the thing is, is I mean, they can sort of, they're in that spot now where you can sort of get away with that because you've got young guys on offense, like your your young weapons. I mean, the quarterback's young, still in that rookie deal. Running back's still in the rookie deal. Tyreek is still young and was, uh, you know, was a late, was a, one of the later mid-round picks. So you don't have, you know, big contract guys in your offensive weapons right now. So you can get away with Sammy being, you know, a guy who doesn't necessarily – um, your big producer in terms of statistics, but he's still, you know, making a lot of money and he's got the track record. And he's also a guy who hasn't really, I don't think it's bothered him. Like I talked to him I'm trying to remember when it was two, three weeks ago, just about where he was in terms of uh, compared to early in his career, because, you know, when he, when he got traded or the year before he got traded, um, he was outspoken about the number of touches he wasn't getting and how they need to look for him more and all that sort of stuff when he was in Buffalo and talked to him about that. And he, one of the things he told me was that was just him being young and stupid. And he thought that was the way he sort of needed to be being as picked as high as he was. Um, and then the other thing was, is he felt like he changed. And part of that was, you know, being part of that offense that he was a part of there last year with the Rams is helped him be able to sort of just fit into this offense and not really worry about, how many touches he's getting or what sort of a role he has and just sort of play and be part of it. It's really interesting you say that because there are a lot of whispers about him being unhappy about the offense, even though and with Rams, even though he said a lot of the same things you're talking about now and he didn't have a whole lot of target. I think it was like 74 targets last year or 70 or 74. Remember off the top of my head. The, the one thing we did notice about him on film though, was that, he the things he did in the film didn't always translate to numbers, but he always made it possible for your second and third option to eat underneath. So Robert Woods really did well with him underneath last year instead of Cooper Cup. And I'm wondering, is, has that been the case for Watkins this year? Has he made it possible for you guys to eat elsewhere because he draws receivers? Off, I mean, sorry, draws cornerbacks to him. He well, the thing that he does is. 
they, it, because of him being out there, it makes you sort of have to choose things because they can put Kelsey and Tyreek on the same side if they want to. And then if you try and do whatever it is that you think you're going to try and do, if you try to roll people, if you try and put extra defender over on that side, then you still have Sammy on the other side. And then that's like, okay, that's like the old, you know, fail safe. All else fails. You go to Sammy in this one-on-one matchup, and you'll probably come away with, you know, you got a pretty good chance to come up with a positive play out of that. And he's had some games. I'm trying to, I think the Pittsburgh game, I want to say, was a game where he had 100 yards, and it was just, you know, he, he was taking advantage of one-on-one matchups. And and one of the big things is, is teams that try because they, they're in, you know, 11 personnel most of the time, three wides, tight end, running back, and they can move guys all over the place, and they can move Kelsey because he can, you know, I've had multiple coaches this year talk about you have to treat him like a big wide receiver basically because of how he lines up all over the place. Um, but so then when you have to decide where you're going to sort of put a linebacker in coverage, when they do that with Sammy, that's been like stealing. That's, you know, that's found money, stealing, however you want to you put it like that's just an automatic you know um and then then the defense has to do something else um i still think and i don't have his numbers from last year in front of me but i think he's already closing in on what he had last year so even though um maybe he's saying some of the same things he is i think getting more production than what he had last year plus he's got the money too so i mean (laughs) between getting more money and probably getting more numbers you know and the team being with the record that they have right now I mean, there's really not a whole lot of reason for him to be complaining. I mean, the only thing now is just he's, you know, he got banged up that last game, so um, he didn't play yesterday. But um, I think he he missed part of a Denver game, and then he missed uh, this last game. So other than that, he's basically, you know, he's been model citizen, just sort of, you know, going about his business and playing his role. He's been one of the big guys, keys downfield blocking on some of these big plays because they've been doing really well with the screen game and guys – like Kelsey and Tyree catch after the run. And he's been, him and Chris Conley have been guys who've been out there and, you know, giving it up to get out there in blocks and make big plays even bigger. Now, you're, you're setting your quarterback now. Really, it's his rookie year in a lot of ways. Patrick Mahomes, he's more than lived up to the hype this season. What do the Chiefs do as a front office and a coaching staff to help ensure that he would be this successful? Well, I think the fact that he, you know, like you said, it's sort of almost a rookie year. The fact that they didn't throw him out there right away, that you still had Alex Smith last year and had him able to learn from him, watch, um, had a whole year, you know, almost like a redshirt year where he wasn't expected. You know, no, really, no expectations for him. And then this offseason, when they made the decision, he'd already got his feet wet a little bit because he got that one game at the end of last year in a no pressure situation. Um, and then they just sort of, you know, they've they've force fed him in terms of they put him out there in uh, training camp and had him, you know, basically threw everything at him. And then one of the preseason games, actually against Matt Nagy, who was his old offensive coordinator, um, he saw a bunch of blitzes against the Bears and things like that. That was before they, they made the trade to um, uh, to obviously uh, bolster their defense. But, um, you know, so he, I think the fact that he was able to sit and learn, and then they've also put in things into the offense that are more comfortable for him. Like a lot of that run-pass option stuff and stuff that he was comfortable with, and that's a big part of their offense. Um, and he's got a lot of, I don't want to say say as in final say or anything like that, but he his communication on the sideline, stuff that, um, whether it's developing the game plan or adjustments they make during the uh, during the game, he plays an active role in that with quarterbacks coach, with offensive coordinator, with um, Andy Reid on the sideline. So all those things together, Sammy Watkins, Kareem Hunt, 
Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek, just, just loaded offense. Do the Chiefs have any weaknesses offensively that the Rams can exploit? Well, coming out of yesterday's game, well, during yesterday's game, actually, it was uh, one of the points of discussion was he got roughed up a little bit yesterday by the uh, the front of the Cardinals. And so as soon as, you know, a few of us in the press box see that, we're going, you know, the Rams coming up next week, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, like Chandler, yeah, Chandler Jones is real good, but they got some dudes over there with the Rams are real good, too. So it's like, well, that could be an issue. I mean, um, it I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they try and work around that, whether it's getting the ball out quicker, whether it's a screen game, you know. Um, but they've had uh, – there's been three starting offensive linemen who've stayed healthy the whole season, and two of the guys – the two guys who've been hurt have been on the interior. So we're talking about the guys who, in theory, might have to talk, to block Sue and Donaldson. So um, that could be an issue. I mean, he's done really well under pressure this year, whether it's blitz or pass rush, but – Yesterday, just the fact that it was like he got hit maybe as much as, at least, you know, anecdotally, as much as we remember any time this season, um, that's something that, that, you know, could throw the, the the offense off. Again, yesterday, like I said, 26 is a sort of a low number for them. Uh, I think it was something like 10 negative plays in terms of the five sacks and five tackles for a loss. And to me, that was a big part of why the offense, you know, sort of looked slow compared to what we've seen most of the season. All right, folks, real quick here before we move on, I, I'm just, I got to ask you, Lynn, first, I promised you 15, 20 minutes, and this is almost there already. Can you stay longer? Because I got loads of questions here that I, I haven't even gotten to the defensive side of the ball yet for for the Chiefs. And uh, you got a few more minutes for me? Sure, sure. Outstanding. So real quick, before I move on, I cannot forget our sponsor, uh, Jim Hawk. He's just been great for us. Here's Jim Hawk. Most of us are practically addicted to anything in Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams' history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood's Team Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out his son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Lakes Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter, in this story, spend the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at HollywoodsTeam.com and on Twitter at HollywoodsTeam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form on Amazon on Barnes & Noble. You can also find Team through various other booksellers on the net. Everyone, I've read this book cover to cover. So has Norm and Johnny. It's well worth every penny for all Rams fans out there. But it's also a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Again, folks, trust me. Check it out. Hollywood's team, Grit Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth it. All right, so, Lynn, on the defensive side of the ball, the Chiefs trade Marcus Peters to the Rams during the offseason. How have the Chiefs replaced his production? And can you give us some perspective on why you think he struggled as much as he has in Los Angeles? The the struggles are an interesting thing because I'm not – I don't have a good sense of – um, what it is. I mean, I know there was talk that he had the injury early in the season, but um, you know, as I think almost everybody has heard his uh, uh, his interview from was a week or so ago where he mm-hmm. was asked about that. And he was uh, pretty clear that that was he was not having any of that the, in terms of using that excuse. But um, so I'm not sure exactly what the struggles, whether it's new system, whether it's um, the fact that they're, you know, uh, having him travel in terms of moving him around as opposed to playing a side of the field. Uh, 
I'm really not, I don't have a good sense of that. Um, as far as replacing him, I mean, that was actually, you know, I mean, we're looking at the Chiefs here now, nine and one, and, you know, there's not a whole lot of things for people to complain about, but throughout the preseason and training camp, there was a lot of people up in arms about the fact that they got rid of Marcus Peters. And, you know, you had looking at cornerback at that time, David Emerson, they signed in the offseason, they ended up cutting in camp. So it was Emerson, Steve Nelson, who was in the same draft class as Marcus Peters. Um, and then they added Kendall Fuller in a trade for Alex Smith. Uh, so those were your top three corners. Fuller um, would be, in theory, he's, well, actually he's the number two guy, but he's also the guy who plays over a slot when you go to a three-wide set. Mm-hmm. So Steve Nelson is an outside guy. And then Emerson, they ended up cutting. They ended up adding Orlando Skandrick in the middle of camp um, as a free agent who had gotten uh, released by uh, Dallas. Uh, and so um, those are your three. Orlando Skandrick, the veteran. Um, Steven Nelson, who's in his fourth year now, and then um, Kendall Fuller, who's uh, they picked up from Washington in the trade. And they've been solid. I mean, there's nobody that I don't think is a household name. And when you look at, obviously, Peter's Pro Bowl guy, a guy that everybody is um, uh, sort of familiar with his, his knack for turnovers and also his knack for probably grabbing some personal fouls in the last year and things like that. Um, there's probably not a known guy like that, but they've been pretty solid. Um, so that's those are the guys who are on the corner. The safety thing has been a been a revolving door for them because Eric Berry hasn't been hasn't played all year. Dan Sorensen, who um, projected to be the other starter at safety, um, played for the first time this past week because he got hurt in camp. Was on IR. Um, they went out and got uh, Ron Parker back, who they had cut last uh, off season or this past off season and. Uh, he went and signed with Atlanta and Atlanta kind of loose at the end of camp. They signed him back because he was familiar with the system and everything. Um, and Eric Murray's played a lot of uh, safety. So it's been Parker and Murray have been the main safeties who one of them wasn't on the roster when you went into camp and the other one was probably third or fourth on your list. Um, so the corners have actually been pretty solid, even though that was a part that people complained about a lot or, we're skeptical about a lot during uh, before the season started. Um, the safeties have been more of a revolving door just because it's been injuries and unknown uh, commodities there. Uh, given all those changes at, at the corner position and safety, what do the Chiefs do well overall? Overall, ugh, excuse me, overall on defense, and what will they do to try and stop the Rams this Monday night? Well, the, one of the things that they've really done overall, uh, done well overall, has been um, rush the passer. I mean, yesterday in, in Arizona was probably not the measuring stick that anybody wants to use, but uh, they really were all over Josh Rosen. I think the number was 13 quarterback hits, and um, they had multiple guys with sacks, and it was just, you know, collapse in the pocket. Um, but the thing is, is with their offense, it'll be interesting to see how this goes against a Rams team that's got an explosive offense as well. But with their offense, playing from ahead, getting teams in uh, situations where you know they have to pass the ball. They've done pretty well with that in terms of being able to get after the passer, being able to play bend but don't break and not have to, you know, um, pitch shutouts. And then for whatever reason, and I haven't looked the number up recently, there was a number earlier in the season where they talked about what their defense, how their defense played when it was within seven points, which is sort of a random stat. But um, even when they were giving up a lot of points uh, per game, when the game was close, they had one of the top-rated defenses. And it seems like they, they're able to pull out 
big stops when the game gets tight. I mean, even this game against Arizona, um, the, the interception Justin Houston had at the time, Arizona had the ball in the fourth quarter um, down six. So in theory, they were, dri- they were going to get ready to go on a drive when they could have taken the lead. Mm-hmm. And Justin Houston comes up on the interception on the screen pass. And it's plays like that. They've sort of come up with throughout the season where when it gets tight, um, they, they do pretty well, at least at one point they're doing pretty well on third down conversions. Um, turnovers they started through they had they had nothing early on and then by the time they i think it was the denver game before they really got going with the turnovers so they've started to be able to turn to uh force some turnovers um basically when it's playing at its best what this defense would be is you can get after the passer um bend but don't break try not to give up big plays and create some turnovers which i mean shoot in a lot of ways that's what defense in the nfl is nowadays (laughs) Um, and that's the one thing the Rams seem to do well overall is that they are able to um, avoid making those turnovers. They they are very good this year at holding on the football, not you know, making dumb mistakes. And that's that would be my concern heading into this game is when you have two two explosive offenses like this and high altitude, people are going to start making those mistakes. So I'm kind of wondering how this is going to work out. And in terms of matchups, what matchups are you looking forward to the most? watching this battle of Titans for me I think it would be interesting to see how the Chiefs do trying to cover um Gurley out of the backfield just because they've there's some some team actually a lot of teams have had success throwing the ball to the running backs this season against the uh against the Chiefs defense um I'm trying to think there's there's been multiple big plays and then there's been guys I mean even Browns a couple weeks ago, um, Duke Johnson uh, had a big day in terms of catching balls out of the backfield. Um, yesterday, uh, David David Johnson had some um, had a few catches. I mean, he had he ran the ball well uh, as well. Um, but it's, they've had they've given up some big plays throughout the season like that. Um, also, just how that in the interior of that offensive line for the Chiefs holds up against uh, the defensive front for for the Rams that'll be a big one. And then I'm not. I, and it's not, it's one I guess I've sort of been convinced about it the last couple of days here, just from other guys, is um, that Marcus Peters, who he ends up covering, just because he's been struggling so much this year, who he ends up covering and how that matchup goes, whether it's going to be him and Tyreek Hill, if he's going to travel and cover him all over the field. Because Tyreek, I mean, has been putting together one of those seasons where it just doesn't seem like anybody covers him one-on-one. And if they do, they don't do it for long. I mean, even... Jalen Ramsey had a couple of plays where he shut him down, but then he got beat a couple of plays. So um, there's lots of matchups there um, that uh, will be interesting to see how they play out. And I'd, I'd be lying if I said I had a, a, a real true sense of how they will. I'm just so excited to see it. <laughs> well, all those things in mind, we're at the very end here. And I, and we always do this and it usually goes, it usually goes with the, the home team, the, not the home team, the, the home podcast picking one way and the, the opponent's representative going the other way. Lynn, what's your call in this game? How you predict to go? Hmm. Let's see. I'm just thinking back to the beginning of the season. Uh, the first game of the season, I picked against the Chiefs and looked like a fool. And so I've just been picking them every week since. <laughs> um, and at some point this week, we'll do a Facebook Live and I'll have to pick a score then. And usually I never think about it until I have to do it. So, uh I guess, considering everybody assumes there's going to be a lot of points scored, I guess I'll I'll probably stick with the Chiefs just because 
like I said, looked like a fool the first time I picked against them. Um, in the score, I guess I'd give him. Well, shoot, they lost, the Patriots' loss was forty three forty, so I guess I'll go uh, 40, 43 40 Chiefs on this one. <laughs> forty three forty Chiefs. Well, yes, that's right. I don't know how many people are predicting scores like that, but hey, I've seen it this year, so I'll go with it. <laughs> I think it's pretty safe bet action. Go with the Rams seventy five thousand to uh, seventy four thousand in a massive <laughs> shootout. Actually, honestly, I, I, I have issues. I have concerns about this game. I have I have concerns about the Rams picking up that Chiefs pass rush. You know, when teams have been successful run, rushing against. The Rams' offensive line has caused major problems this year. We saw it in the Green Bay game. That's one. That was one of the big ones, actually. Uh, so I, I do have concerns there. Denver gave him a hard time as well, and Kansas City has a solid pass rush. That has this concern for me. But I, I gained the Rams away from home and all the distractions going on with the California fires and so on and so forth. I, I like the odds here. I'm going to go with the Rams, 47, <laughs> Chiefs, 44. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going all out too, man. I'm going all out. So there you go. Lynn, please let folks know where they can find all of your work, including on social media. Well, on, online, it's KansasCity.com. That's the Kansas City Stars web, uh, website. So it's KansasCity.com. Obviously, the print version is the Kansas City Star. Um, there's a, a Kansas City um, Chiefs Red Zone app that the Kansas City Star um, does. Uh, there's a Kansas City Star app. Uh, but on Twitter, it's just L Worthy W O R T H Y Sports. That's my Twitter handle. Um, we do Facebook Live off of the uh, um, Kansas City Star Red Zone uh, Facebook page. Uh, it's probably be Thursday this week, and then after the game as well. So we got KansasCity.com. We got Twitter. We got Facebook. Uh, we got the apps. We got all that stuff. So um, you can find us pretty much everywhere. <laughs> All right, so, Lynn, thank you so much for just being generous with your time. I really appreciate it. It was good to really talk some football and look forward to this game, and hopefully somebody can play a little bit of defense on, on Monday night, maybe a little. Yeah, if, if not, it'll be it'll be interesting no matter what. It'll be entertaining. <laughs> hey, you know. Be, be glad to hear you not entertained. I, that's right. I don't have to tackle anybody, so it's all good. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much again, and and hopefully, maybe, just maybe, we'll be talking again come January, February. Yeah, well, hey, somebody's going to get there, right? (laughs) Might as well be us. Might as well be the Rams and Chiefs. Have a good one. Thank you so much. You No problem. Thanks for having me. So, folks, that was Lynn Worthy over at the Kansas City Star. What a great guy it was just coming there talking some serious football with us, and um, man, Good interview, good interview, good information. It was just really great to sit down and talk with him. So before we move on, we're going to get with our sponsor here, the Golden Ram Barbershop. They do a great job. Check it out. All right, let's give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like the old-school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. Sal Martinez opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day the team left for St. Louis, and he's kept the light on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows we sent you and get a discount on an already affordable haircut. 
The Gold Rain Barbershop is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. If it's to a shop, is well worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. It's like a Hall of Fame, the Rams. But Sal also provides that old-school barbershop experience talking Rams football. He's talked Vikings football, people. I can't believe it. Trust me, you won't regret it. You know, Sal even managed to look me, Norm, and Magic Johnny look, well, normal. Again, one more time, just one last time, 714-894-RAMS. All right, folks, so there you have it. Just a really great interview again with Linworthy. A couple of notes here. I'm sure you all saw the news today. Uh, as we are recording on Monday night, just early record to get this out and talked about later in the week. Uh, Cooper Cup does have the, the ACL tear. That is going to be a season ender. We're still waiting on more news to see how bad it is structurally. It's, it's not good, folks. It's not good at all. Um, it, who knows when we'll see him back in the field. Hopefully, we'll be seeing him back in the field come next training camp. Also, due to the California fires, um, do want, just want to remind folks that uh, the, the team did actually, uh, how I say this, well, many people on the Rams, uh, both the team and in the front office and just offices in general, did um, evacuate during the fires. And uh, so that was a concern on Sunday as well. So I know our show was pretty tough on the Rams' performance. We sometimes forget the human side. We really do sometimes forget the human side in uh, between the the mass shooting out there at Thousand Oaks, the fires. It was a tough week for the Rams, so congratulations to them on getting that victory. Other things going on as well, the Rams get ready to go play in Mexico. They are practicing this week in Colorado Springs, getting some altitude training in. Good stuff there. Uh, smart move by on the part of the Rams. It's a it's a, it's a heck of a move, actually. I I can't be uh, I, I I lived in altitude for a long time. I lived we're not out a long time, two years out there in Walden, Colorado, and uh, I can tell you that it is really hard in the lungs. It is a really good move to go out there. Now, one more thing: report surfacing tonight about Azteca, which is the Stadium in Mexico City, one of the world-renowned stadiums, and the how just the field condition, which is uh, if you're seeing pictures of it, folks, it is bad. Uh, seriously, it's 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 bad, and uh, I can't really speculate. There's been apparently no conversations yet about the condition of the field and and changing the venue of the game, but right now. That's um, still there Monday night, and I have to wonder. Both the Rams and the Chiefs again have complained. That's those reports coming out about the field condition, showing concerns about it. And if you can see the pictures, I don't blame them not one bit. Just it looks really rough. Okay, so mailbag. We got a couple questions in tonight. What is the expectation that Don gets fined or suspended for going over to Brit after the game? Really, that's from Joe Marciano. Interesting question, and Sean McVay talked a little, little bit about the the, uh, the confrontation during his press conference. I'll get to that in a second, but I, I do expect him to be fine. I don't think I'll suspend him. It's not like he's at the throwing punches. It was premeditated, but I don't think the NFL would be, I think it would be really foolish on the probably the biggest game of the season thus far for them to suspend the NFL's best defensive player. I don't, I don't see them doing that. It just 
doesn't seem to be good TV. <laughs> and that's what the NFL is about sometimes, good TV. So also just want to get to the quote from the press conference today. Uh, this is Sean McVay being asked if he saw Aaron Dahl go on the field to confront a Seahawks player. And what was his reaction to it? He said, yeah, I did see it. I love Aaron. We talked about it. We can't allow the emotions of the game to affect our responses and how we control different things. It's a fine line because there's some different things where if you feel like you're being threatened, where guys are trying to do things to intentionally hurt you, that's never something we condone. But we always try to learn from these experiences. And these are things that I'm learning as I navigate through the first couple years as head coach. How do you make sure we always demonstrate from some of our most important players like Aaron that these are learning opportunities that we can't allow the emotions of the game to affect our responses and that could eventually hurt the team, sorry, potentially hurt the team and something bad could have happened to him. We've got to avoid those situations. He'll learn from that. And there's a little more to that as well. I think the key thing he said there, that if you dig deep into it, he said a little earlier again, it's a fine line because there's some things where if you feel like you're being threatened where guys are trying to do things intentionally to hurt you, that's never something that we condone. Well, to me, the implication there is they they did feel like Britt was purposely trying to hurt him. And if you look at the play again, Aaron Donald was way out of bounds. Um, He was way out of bounds. I don't blame him one bit for being upset. And you have to wonder, the NFL is really going out of its ways to protect quarterbacks and players on the field, it almost makes you wonder, can more be done in those situations where players, I know you got the 15-yard penalty, but I remember Sam Bradford going out of balancing and getting hurt. And that was a much closer play when he got hurt. And uh, I, I just can't sit here and be, you know, kind of blow this off. This was a, this could have been, could have been huge if you've been hurt. So I can I can see why Aaron Donald's was set. Other mailbag question. Other mailbag question tonight. This comes from Eric at Eric716WestBflow. He asks, Baron Longacre Joiner, which of these three have the best shot to be on the roster next year? Oh boy. That is a toughie. I think that in some ways. Joyner has LaMarcus Joyner's underplayed the franchise tag this year. Uh, Matt Longinker has not been nearly as effective. And part of that is the fact he's been hurt. And Mark Barron, we just talked about him last night. He's been struggling a little bit with injuries in the last couple of years. I think in the end, if there's a chance, given other holes in the roster, if the Rams can get a better deal with, with Joyner, I think he's got the best shot to be on the roster next year. That's my, my thinking anyways right now. That that's how, how it will go. So there you go. Um, one more note. One more note. Uh, if you if, going back to our predictions, both Lynn and I had this game. I think I said a 47 44 or something like that. And he had a 43 40. The over under on this game, as issued by Las Vegas, is, and this is from, from CBS Sports today, an over under of 64. An over under of 64 is the highest over under. In 30 years. Think it'll be a shootout? We think so. So the Rams come in this game averaging 33.2. Ranked third in the league. The Chiefs have the second highest scoring average at 36.3 yards. Um, 
the X factor again, going making this full circle, is going to be, well, the condition, the field, and altitude. How do these teams deal with altitude? How do they deal with uh, the just the higher, higher altitude? And you know, both in Kansas City and in Los Angeles, it's not like there's much elevation there at all. LA is right there on the water, so we'll see. We'll see how this turns out. Okay, we are getting ready to close up shop. Before we do, a couple uh, couple more things here. Folks, we are looking for sponsors. So please, if you are looking to uh, get some more exposure for your business and like what we do, our number's going up there. We, we have, we're getting a bigger audience. So reach out to us at ramstop1945 at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit ready to get out to you, and we'll show you all of our numbers and we have some very fair rates. We'd be happy to do business with you. Also, don't forget our other podcasts, Buddy Has with Steve Ribeiro and Johnny Gomez, Magic Johnny. Don't forget Rampage Radio with the J Brothers. Check them out as well. Three podcasts on our network. We do the best we can to provide you content throughout the week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. And you can find me, Derek C. Paula on Twitter as well at DC Paula. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRate. We're everywhere, folks. Check us out. Oh, Spotify. I can't forget Spotify. We're new there and we have not been getting a lot. So if you are a Spotify listener, check it out as well. We're on iBeatRate.com on Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays. We're everywhere, folks. So that's it for the Rams Talk crew. This is Derek C. Paula. Take it easy. We're looking forward to Monday night and hopefully seeing this team go nine and one. Peace. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in DC. Almost half of DC's traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. DC police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.